0: You shall go out with joy And be led forth with peace The mountains and the hills Will break forth with sea Welcome to the final episode of this podcast series, Comfortable Words. Thanks for journeying with me. We'll clap, we'll clap their hands We've been travelling together with the unknown prophet who's given us a series of beautiful songs to guide us and strengthen us in this time of trial. The songs are collected together in 15 chapters of the book of Isaiah. They were first sung to the exiles in Babylon over 500 years before the birth of Christ. God was calling his people to make the long journey home again to Jerusalem. They are called to leave the captivity but also the comforts of Babylon. Before the exiles can go, the prophet needed to comfort God's people to give them hope and strength again, to gather them together, to remind them of the leadership they would need. Above all, the prophet sings to let the people know that they are a forgiven people with a vital message of light and life for the whole world. In every generation for two and a half thousand years, God's people have listened to the prophet's songs to find inspiration and hope and strength in troubled times. These are lyrics which have shaped the world and the church. We've turned them into hymns and songs of our own in different styles. They're like a rich underground stream which goes on feeding us even when the ground is dry. And so we come now to this final chapter, Isaiah 55, which is meant to be read as one continuous piece and ends this part of the book. The final ten chapters of Isaiah... 56 to 66, seem to relate more to the time after the return, mostly, and the challenges of learning to live again in Jerusalem. But chapter 55 is about comings and goings, and these comings and goings set a profound rhythm for the life of God's people, which flows on through the New Testament and flows out through the worship of the church today. That opening chorus you shall go out with joy, is taken from the very end of the chapter, where the prophet sings of the need to go. The first verses of Isaiah 55 offer the most gracious and powerful invitation for thirsty, weary souls to come. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, and without price. There's an echo here of a beautiful image in Proverbs 9, where wisdom personified lays the table and sets the feast and issues an invitation Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Proverbs 9 5. But our prophet turns this into a fuller and deeper invitation still. To begin with, the speaker in Isaiah 55 is not wisdom personified, but Almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth. After the pain and difficulty of the exile, after all the suffering and guilt and doubt and despair, God is drawing near. God comes to the place where we can meet together. This is profound and wonderful good news. Second, this invitation is to those who have come to the end of their own resources who have nothing, who know that they are poor in spirit. This invitation is to those who know their need of God, but also know this, that they have nothing to bring in return. One of the best-known hymns in the entire world is this hymn Amazing Grace. You may not know, but the hymn was written and first sung in the parish of Olney, which is part of the Diocese of Oxford. The curate of Olney almost 250 years ago was the former slave trader John Newton, the author of the hymn. I received a lovely invitation last week from the present vicar of Olney to visit the parish for the celebrations to mark 250 years after the first singing of the hymn. Amazing Grace has spoken to millions of people all across the world. It was first written to illustrate a sermon and first sung on the 1st of January, 1773. Newton's words will be familiar, and they are the echo of Isaiah 55. We come with nothing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. But there is a third profound difference in the invitation here, From the invitation in Proverbs. God Himself is our food, our sustenance, our purpose. In Proverbs 9, wisdom is inviting us to attend to her teaching. That is part of the meaning here, certainly. In verses 2 and 3, we're invited to listen carefully, to incline our ear. But what is this good, rich food which satisfies? And which is the true bread? The answer comes in verse 6, a second invitation to come. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. We are invited to a dinner. The invitation has been given by God who comes to meet us and spreads a table for us. The invitation is given to all who are thirsty, all who are weary. There is no entrance fee. There are no qualifications needed. The food at the banquet is not simply guidance or teaching for our lives. The food at the banquet is the person who invites us, the Lord himself. He is the true bread. He is the rich food which satisfies. He is the one who gives life. These are the words of Jesus from John 6.35 again using our prophet's song as a springboard and inspiration i am the bread of life whoever comes to me will never be hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty and later i am the living bread that came down from heaven john 6:51 god draws near and invites us to come into this Mystical fellowship and friendship, this relationship with our Maker, offered freely and without price. God makes that offer to all who are hungry and thirsty and weary and heavy laden. God makes that offer to us. The later verses of the song make it very clear that the prophet is not diluting or taming our understanding of God. We are reminded, as we've been reminded in earlier songs, that this really is the maker of the heavens and the earth. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Fifty-five, eight to 9 We're reminded as well that the way we begin to come and draw near is to listen to God's word, the word by which God created the heavens and the earth, the words the prophet speaks. This is why morning by morning he opens our ears so we can hear the word of life. But undoubtedly the word is given to show us the majesty and grace and fullness of God. In the full Christian understanding, God's written word is given and points forward to God's living word, God's Son, Jesus Christ, who comes to us, the fulfilment of the songs of the servant. Jesus draws near to us and invites his disciples to come and see, to follow. Jesus gives his life to open up the way for us to come to God. Jesus is himself the bread of life, the living bread, to whom we come daily to be resourced for this life's journey and to share in the life to come. So the prophet almost ends this collection of comfortable words with this invitation to come, to return to the Lord. It's an invitation we need to hear as we look forward to the end of our own exile, of our lockdown, as we look forward, God willing, to Easter and to the end of more than a year of confinement and lockdown with all that this has meant. Wherever you are, whoever you are, we all need to hear now God's gracious invitation to us, come to the waters. Well, the prophet almost ends his collection there, but not quite, for there is one final chorus. And in that chorus, the invitation to come in is balanced by an invitation to go out. You shall go out with joy and be led back in peace The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. In its context, this is a tremendous song of hope and joy and return from exile. But the prophet also unfolds for us what it means to be a disciple and to know God. We do not live in a one sided rhythm, simply of coming and receiving. The Christian life is not simply about being fed and nourished by God. Our Christian life is about coming together so that we can then go out with joy and in love and service to the world. The earliest description of the call of the disciples in the New Testament is in Mark's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 14. Jesus went up the mountain and called to him those whom he wanted, And they came to him, and he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles. This is a solemn moment. Jesus is creating the foundations of the new Israel. There are twelve because of the twelve tribes. What we are about to read is not simply a statement about the first group of disciples, but about the church in every generation. What did Jesus call the disciples for? And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, to be with him and to be sent out. To be with him and to be sent out. This is the rhythm at the heart of the Christian life into which Jesus Christ invites us. We are to come and eat the bread which satisfies. We are to go out with joy And live our lives to the glory of God. This is the rhythm we see in the life of the disciples, in the Gospels, and in the Acts of the Apostles. They draw together to be with Jesus in the time of his earthly ministry, and in the time after the resurrection, and after Pentecost. In that drawing together, they are nourished and strengthened. Then they are sent out again each time with joy to serve and to witness. The same rhythm is present in our Lord's great summary of the law. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength and also to love our neighbours as ourselves. We draw together with the living God to express that love and adoration and to nurture our relationship with God and then we go out to celebrate all that this life means and to dedicate our lives in love and service to our God with joy. And you'll probably be there before me, but all of this reflection on meals and on comings and goings and the rhythm of our lives brings us to the Eucharist, the sacrament at the heart of our life as Christians, the worship which Jesus commands his Church to do. When we come together, we are to do this in remembrance of him. The Eucharist is a meal after the pattern of Isaiah 55. We come with empty hands. We come hungry and thirsty to hear words of life. And we come for food which will nourish and satisfy. We come for God himself. We come to listen with care to the word of God, read and interpreted, the word which brings life, which is like seed planted in our own hearts, the creative word which never returns to the sender empty. We gather as the disciples of Jesus to be with Jesus together. We remember his ministry as a servant and his suffering and death and resurrection and all they bring to us and all they mean. At the heart of our worship we come together and in normal times we eat bread and drink wine. We do this in remembrance of him. The bread is the body of Christ. The wine is his blood. We enjoy and we appreciate this holy communion, this feast, this fellowship with Jesus in this most holy space and time. We thank God for this grace which is given to us and we are renewed and deepened in our communion. But all of this is for a reason. We are called so that we can be sent. We come so that we are able then to go and to go out with joy. We offer our lives again in response to God's grace to us and then at the end of the service we are sent out in service. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen. We are the people of God, missionary disciples, called and sent, living in the rhythm of Isaiah 55, coming together to be with Jesus and sent out to serve him with joy and peace in God's world. As we live through this second period of lockdown, especially as Christmas approaches, it is acutely painful not to be able to live in these deep rhythms of our Christian life, to be able, without a second thought, to come to the church, to kneel and confess our sins, to receive assurance of forgiveness, to listen to God's word in familiar places and sing God's praises in well-known carols. It's difficult not to be able to hold and touch and greet our fellow pilgrims, to gather around the table of the Lord, to receive bread and wine, to enjoy holy communion with our God, to be sent out again to live with joy. There is real deprivation here which will continue for many through the coming months until, God willing, there is a successful vaccination programme. Until then, our worship continues in part online and in part in person when we can. God is with us and we have learnt many lessons through this journey. But there is also for many a sense of exile, especially from the Eucharist, receiving bread and wine as God's people. We don't know for how long this will continue. The recent news about the vaccine suggests that as we move progressively towards Easter we can look forward to gathering again more easily and more normally and frequently around the table of the Lord. So as we regather as churches in the coming months and as life begins to return to some kind of normal we need to notice now the things that we are really missing and have really missed which sustain our spiritual journey and especially to notice how hard it has been not to gather around the table of the Lord in person and to share in bread and wine. In that noticing it will be easy to let the pain we've experienced turn into resentment against this person or that or even against God. Try not to go in that direction. Instead, turn this sense of missing the Eucharist into a deeper longing to return to God, to enjoy and appreciate the sacrament in a deeper and more disciplined way for the rest of your life, through a desire to be more regularly present when that becomes possible, through more careful devotional preparation, through extending and deepening our understanding of what Christ has done for us. This final song of our unknown prophet is one of the deepest of the comfortable words, for it sets the pattern for our whole lifetime, a pattern of comings and goings. We are forever invited to come to the waters, to the table of the Lord, to be refreshed and made new and find food which satisfies. We are forever invited to go out with joy and bear witness to the grace we have seen in lives of service and in our testimony to God's love. You shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will shouts of joy and all the trees of the field